Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'm excited to announce a new sponsor for the podcast, UFA Cooperative. When the business of agriculture can't stop, UFA helps you get it done. There are no days off, and when every second counts, UFA has what you need when and where you need it. Buy online and pick up in store, now available. Visit ufa.com and get what you need, all from the palm of your glove. This episode is hosted by Janae Meiser. Janae Meiser is a leader, she is a curious observer, and she is the Director of Innovation at UFA Cooperative Limited, an Alberta-based farming cooperative that has been weaved into the fabric of Alberta for over a century. Janae is discovering technology that will enable the farm of the future focused on egg technology that creates value for Alberta producers. Let's join Jenny now as she has a great conversation with Karen Schuett. Take it away, Jenny. Okay, hi, and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Karen Schuett. Uh, good morning, Karen. How are you? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate your time uh, that you took to be with us today. Um, and we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about Karen, the CEO of Livestock Water Recycling. A Calgary-based global leader in manure treatment technology. Thanks, Janae. I, you know, I'm always happy to talk about manure. It's my favorite topic and um, talk about Alberta and the ecosystem here around water treatment and manure treatment. It's uh, an exciting topic for me. So thank you very much. We are very glad to have you. And the first thing we want to know is uh, a bit about you. So tell us about Karen. Tell us about your background and uh, and your journey. <laughs> well, manure is my favorite topic to talk about. Myself is is my least favorite topic. So I'll I'll do a quick uh, overview. I am a lifelong science nerd. I would say I, lots of science fairs. I was always interested in the way things worked scientifically. This kind of brought me into exploring the environment and the way science and the environment played together and uh, what aspects of each were impactful on our lives. I started in university, uh, graduated with um, as a zoologist and took that immediately into water treatment. Um, I was originally working in Calgary Doing, looking at biological and mechanical water treatment. We started in oil and gas water treatment and myself and my co-founder worked for a long time looking at hydrocarbon contaminated gas stations, airports, uh, train stations, everywhere across North America where there was hydrocarbon that had leaked underground that needed to be removed and cleaned, we were there. It was a really exciting exploration of water treatment, and I was completely sold uh, that this was going to be what I would devote my career to. So let, let's go back a few steps, a zoologist in, into water treatment. Let's talk a bit about a bit about that and um, how how. Yeah, I was interested in uh, you know biology, human biology, uh, zoology. Really interested in what makes 
organisms tick. And I had different ideas about maybe going into medicine, maybe going into science, uh, you know, further study and started working in water treatment and the environment as a summer job. And it really, I mean, like I say, it really, uh, I really developed a passion in that industry. Water is, of course, our most precious resource. And even back then, I was completely absorbed in how we could improve water recycling on the planet overall. It just really caught me that we weren't doing the best possible job we could in recycling and reusing water. And I, I just always had this feeling that it was going to be such uh, an important and impactful future for us, even, you know, back when I first graduated. Oh, well, that's amazing. Science and environment and, and how they play together. So born and raised Calgarian. Yes? No? I was actually born, born in Toronto, but I spent, I, I've been in Calgary since I was four. So yeah, did all my education in Calgary, went to University of Calgary, did two degrees there. So yeah, very, very devoted to the Calgary um, ecosystem, all of our friends and, and all of our manufacturing partners here. We've had a really successful business here and um all my family's here. I come from a really large family and, and we've really been uh, growing all of us in Calgary. It's a, it's a love for us. So Karen, um, how did you become an entrepreneur and uh, were you always planning to be an entrepreneur? Was that the goal? <laughs> it was not a goal. I call myself a reluctant entrepreneur. I, uh, you know, as I said, I went to university, I was uh, looking at maybe med medicine, or maybe further study or research. And I was kind of always a background player. I thought of myself as someone who would produce good, good science, and someone else could take this across the goal line. However, when we really looked at the market and looked at what was available in water treatment, uh, and my passion behind cleaning water and, and providing clean water for the planet, I realized that, you know, if you don't see a solution in the market, you have to go make that solution. You have to create that solution. And sometimes, you know, when you're sitting around hoping that they will do something, that they is actually you and you have to go out and do it yourself. So when you, when we really looked at, you know, in, in hydrocarbon contamination, we were really embedded in that and we had worked really, really far into that market and then started looking at other uses of water on the planet and saw agriculture as the largest use of fresh water on the planet and thought, okay, what's going on there? We need to dig into that water treatment market and really figure out if we can apply some experience we have in oil and gas into agriculture and help move that along as well. So really it was, it was reluctantly. And, and when I say I don't love talking about myself, um, you know, I, I don't like being, uh, being real public um, person, but it's just had to go that way. That's, you know, if, if you got to follow your passion. I love that. And I love, I love the story about um, who's going to do it and, and, and all fingers pointed to Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's something my dad used to say to me where he, when I would say, well, they should do something about this. And he'd say, who's they? 
So I was really always inspired by that. He, he really always challenged us, all of us, um, all of his children to say, you know, who's they if it isn't you? Uh, so Karen, uh, you talked a bit about uh, how you started in the hydrocarbon space and then made a bit of a, I don't want to, I don't want to call it on, on your, your behalf, but uh, was there, was there an aha moment or a eureka moment that said, oh, hey, how do we pivot? How do we change? How do we expand and diversify um, and look at different industries in which we can serve? Mm-hmm. There really was some serendipity at play here. We were working in hydrocarbon remediation and we had worked on successfully remediated um, many, many gas stations across the country. Uh, we had worked at JFK Airport, at O'Hare Airport, cleaning jet fuel. Uh, we had worked as far down as Brazil. And so that business, I mean, we cut our teeth in that business around manufacturing equipment and then delivering to sites and doing installation and commissioning. And we were starting to look at other places for water treatment. We did some construction dewatering as well along the way. And really, I got interested in agriculture and what types of water treatment could be needed by that market. At the same time, someone local in Alberta approached us and asked if we were, you know, water treatment, a water treatment company, could we be helpful with their manure lagoon? They were having some issues with excursions from the lagoon and some leaking, and they wanted to do a good job uh, on their farm and make sure that they weren't in violation of any regulations. And they just wanted to clean up in general. So when those two came together, it was a real eureka behind this is something we can do to apply all of the knowledge and experience we have into another market that perhaps has not had technology added to it at this point. Uh, It wasn't as simple as just taking the hydrocarbon equipment into agriculture. So we did have to spend a long time doing research and development, but it was a real pivotal moment to say, here's a new industry that really needs uh, technology in it. When we looked around the world, really globally, manure was handled in the same way almost everywhere. And farms didn't have any opportunity for technology to help them with it. It was really a burden on the farms to have to deal with the manure Uh, figure out all different types of ways that they could move this or deal with it. And I think when you see a a group that is burdened by a waste product, they need your help and they need technology, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. They do need a bit of technology and and in some cases, a bit of disruption to to help with, to your point um, earlier on when you noted, you know, water being such a scarce uh, resource in um, kind of globally. And so um, as we talk a bit about your technology, is there any challenges as you were entering and transitioning, or I guess maybe not transitioning as much as diversifying your your technology into the agriculture space? What kind of challenges were were you you faced with? <laughs> well, manure is a tricky tricky thing. Uh, we we thought you know naively we thought we could use the same type of water treatment equipment that we were using in in another industry. We used it in construction dewatering. We used it in hydrocarbon containers contamination, we figured it would work quite successfully with manure. And we were not right. <laughs> manure was way harder to deal with than those than those um, 
other substrates, but it was, it had such a better value proposition that we knew it was an opportunity. It, we knew that there was a waste to worth opportunity, which we hadn't seen in other wastewater treatment. We just knew that we couldn't use a traditional water treatment plant that you would see uh, the city of Calgary. Although farms are treating the amount of wastewater that a city would treat, they can't be using that a big, massive, burdensome piece of equipment that doesn't help them at all with what they're already doing. So we needed to find a really good system that we finessed specifically for manure. In that, we probably tested a thousand manure samples to get our original product, our original MVP going. Um, when we developed that and started to see that we could actually clean the water, we were, we were pretty happy with that success. We got clean water. We were able to get fertilizer that was really valuable. We could see there was a real good value in what we were doing. But we weren't quite at the value proposition that was good for a farm. So I would say the biggest challenge we had originally getting into the market was getting the value proposition right. You know, while I say manure lagoons are a burden for farms, they're also very low tech, very easy, and very inexpensive. So to disrupt that market or to help that market in any way, you can't give them a high cost piece of equipment that might create this great clean water, but is, uh, you know, a ridiculous economic um, aspect for them. So that's the biggest challenge I would say we had to um, approach as we worked with the farms and they taught us what we needed to know about their value proposition, about their balance sheet and income statement and how we could help move that along. Coming from outside of agriculture and jumping into manure with both feet, we really had to have a steep learning curve around what's happening at livestock farms and what value we could provide. I think you uh, definitely taking the approach from the value proposition is uh, something I think that you hit on, the waste to worth and the outcomes that, you know, you could take and apply your passion in environment and, and, and water and identify ways in which waste can be transitioned into water, fertilizer, any other, any other value add solutions outside of, I guess, the, the water and fertilizer that you've been able to identify? Mm -hmm. So originally, uh, like I said, we started with our full clean water system, which was really exciting for us. It um, created two distinct fertilizers, a solid and a liquid fertilizer that had, you know, manure has all essential nutrients required by plants. So the most important thing is to get that manure back into the soil so that it can create good crops, good healthy crops for us with micronutrients and organics included. So we knew we wanted to get to that goal and we wanted to have this clean water and we got there originally, but the value proposition, like I said, was a bit off. So we started tinkering with how we could bring different types of different stages of the equipment into the market and how we could help create different value propositions for farms. So then, you know, we, we started selling just the first half of our system that we call the first wave 
In that way, farms could take out just the solids from the manure and it was half the price of our full system. They didn't go to potable water, but they went to clear water uh, that they would call tea water. And they were still able to get a nice fertilizer that they could sell and this good water that could be irrigated and wouldn't clog up nozzles or anything. So that was our first, I would say, pivot where we said, okay, how can we access the market and create more value for them in a way that still uses our technology? Um, besides that, then we started looking further around in the market. I mean, I say all of this was market-led because our farms are finding ways that they can access different fertilizer markets or that they can access different places. They can sell water or they can, you know, they're asking us about carbon credits. So they're, you know, wonderful entrepreneurs. They're the best entrepreneurs there are. And they've brought us a lot of solutions and said, how can your technology help us access this other value? And we've gone back to the drawing board each time and said, okay, we can do that. So our most recent um, engagement has been with farms selling manure into renewable natural gas pipelines and being able to create a waste to worth proposition there where they can, you know, sell the carbon essentially from their manure and create uh, natural gas uh, that is going to, uh, you know, create a great value for the farm, but also an absolutely beneficial natural gas for the environment. So places like that where we've been able to, to pivot our technology uh, around creating value have been what we've been working on for the past five years. And, and it sounds like really creating a value from that market-led perspective, that really that iterative test-learn, that test-learn cycle and, and, and evolving your technology, a little bit of pivots along the way. I guess uh, truly a, a market leader driving on-farm efficiencies um, I do know that livestock water recycling has been recognized. Do you mind sharing a bit of the recognition of your technology in, in different spaces? Sure. Um, I mean, our number one thing is when one of our farms get recognized for what they're doing, because we always want all of the value to go back to the landowners. So when our farms, you know, one of our farms, one friend of the environment in Wisconsin, it was a real source of pride for us because they had worked so hard on um, developing the technology with us and developing that good value proposition. And then to consider a livestock farm winning friend of the environment is a, is a pretty amazing feat as well. What, that farm was one of our early adopters, you know, a real progressive thinker and a real progressive entrepreneur. So we were so happy to you know, have that recognition for a farm that's it's doing hard work. As far as we're concerned, we've had some really exciting awards. Most recently, they announced the Food Tech 500. And on that list, we were number 31, which um, was the top Canadian company on the list. And um, pretty exciting to, I say we're putting manure on the map because <laughs> uh, when, you, when you say Food Tech 500, you don't often think of a manure company as reaching the top Canadian spot, but we were pretty proud of that one. Additionally, last year in 2020, we won Ag Tech Predictive analytics solution of the year, which for us really talks about how we're bringing high tech 
into manure. One thing that I say and I really believe is that bringing AI and machine learning into places that it hasn't existed before is the way we're going to approach and and really um, win the race against climate change. And I think that that ag tech predictive analytics solution tells us a lot about what people are seeing in the market and what they really want to see and something around climate ag tech manure treatment, winning that award was pretty significant for us. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely uh, things to celebrate for sure. And uh, putting manure on the map. I love it. And so let's talk a little yeah, bit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say last year we were in a Google accelerator and um, there was, I think, 12 companies chosen for the accelerator, and we were the only company from Alberta, and we were definitely we were the only one in ag tech, and we were definitely the only one in manure. So I think if you're if you're in in Google's <laughs> Google's accelerator, you've put manure on the map officially. <laughs> I, I would absolutely agree. From a from a Google accelerator perspective, um, how do you find your access to your accelerator networks or funding opportunities or, and maybe that's the wrong question, but really continuing to expand your network reach, how do people find you or how do you find them? Most of our leads for this type of work have been inbound. I mean, our our inbound leads to our website are where we get all of our dealer network that we're building globally. That's where we get the majority of our sales really is through inbound leads through, um, you know, we have a marketing newsletter that we send out every month, but we've had an amazing um, inbound lead into our, our ecosystem internally. Uh, For accelerators, we have specifically picked working with accelerators that would expand our reach to corporates that are interested in environmental ESG platforms. And we're also looking strategically at groups that would help us develop our technology. So getting engaged with the Google Accelerator was to help us improve our machine learning technology and our our data analytics platform and to get the most data we could to train our models. Really, when you're looking for data, I think getting Google (laughs) to give you that data is the best possible option you can think of. So we saw that accelerator on LinkedIn, I believe, and just applied, um, you know, cold applied, did an application. We didn't know, we didn't have any access point there. Um, But then we were chosen. We were really, really thrilled with that one. That's also an amazing success. So congratulations. Thank you. You, you talk a bit about uh, your global reach and um, with international reach uh, from both a distributor and a customer perspective, why do you choose to be in Alberta? It's, uh, uh, that's such a good question. There's a lot of reasons. Number one, I would say we were an established company in Alberta and we had good partners you know, manufacturing partners, vendor clients uh, or vendor partners, banking. We had the resources set up here. We were all local here. So that was an important aspect of it. Why we continue to manufacture and in Alberta and then ship into the Middle East and into Europe is uh, because of the environment here 
for manufacturing. There's no better place to, you know, there's no more know-how than Alberta when it comes to manufacturing and shipping internationally. It's a really wonderful area to do that. Uh, additionally, so, so the resources are here and additionally, the advisors and mentors that have done this before, whether it be oil and gas or in ag tech or wherever, people are here and they know how to do that. So that's been helpful as well. I mean, being a Canadian company, there's lots of support we have between the trade commissioners and, and the government that is assisting companies to grow in Alberta, uh, local things, uh, local groups like, you know, Platform or or Platform Calgary or Calgary Economic Development. There are groups that are pulling for us. And if they can supply advice, introductions, helpful, you know, opportunities for, for fundraising, uh, people bringing in funds from Silicon Valley, you know, different types of, of um, engagement in the ecosystem to help us grow as an international company from right here in Calgary. So it's not always the easiest. We do have to, you know, we shipped a system to Lebanon and we had to send it out the West Coast and it had to ship all the way, <laughs> it had to sail all the way around the world to get into Lebanon and took 46 days, I think, to get there. But we do love to call this home. And uh, yeah, we love to manufacture here in Calgary. Now that you have um, this established organization, you've got uh, your manufacturing here uh, in Calgary. And correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you have an innovation center here in Calgary. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we do all of our own uh, in-house lab work. We test manure samples. We're just waiting for a manure sample to come in from Japan. So we are receiving manure all the time. <laughs> right here in Calgary, we're getting all over uh, the world. We're getting little jars of manure sent to us so that we can test it and make sure that we can provide good value for um, manure opportunities in other countries. Um, additionally, we do all of our own in-house computer programming, data analytics, data science, and that, you know, we released an app last year and we are doing data analytics, uh, hiring computer programmers and data scientists, uh, over the summer, we're hiring some chemists this summer as well. So we're really trying to innovate. We're happy with the way our water treatment platform looks. We're on version three of that system. So it's really established. The actual hardware of it is really established, but we continue to make progress in data analytics, um, machine learning, and, and then our chemistry production as well. So all of those, we need to have that innovation center in-house and do all that work ourselves. You know, when you when you talk about challenges for our company, one of our challenges is getting the right staffing to do that work. While working in manure might not seem like the most exciting thing you can do um, or, you know, the most exciting way to to work on your career. We think it's very exciting. I think there's nothing more exciting, in fact, than to work on climate change with your career and you know, we hire a lot of young people in in computer programming to try and and help us with that, to bring their talents to this climate change issue that we're working on and, and you know, to help us globally recover water. 
So what does uh, what does the future have in store for you? What do you have planned for the next six months uh, to a year as you're uh, solving the, the the climate change challenges? We are going to uh, right now. As of last year, we recycled a billion gallons of manure, and our goal is to recycle a trillion gallons. As we look around the world, we see that that's in our in our sight line. We really want to discuss the option of going lagoon free for any food production across the planet, whether that means with you know, dairies and and manure lagoons, or whether it's food processing and lagoon waste or any sort of storage ponds that come as a result of water storage for land spreading. So we want to eliminate that. That's our vision. What that means for us over the next six months to a year is quite a massive scaling that we're looking at. It involves North America scaling, installing quite a few units in North America and building out our whole data network and then global partners. We've just added a new global partner in Europe and we'll be adding four more in the coming months. And then we're looking at some other Asian partners as well. So really expanding globally and scaling our system. Such exciting times. Um, and very worthy causes. Uh, two of the things that still stand out to me a bit here are waste to worth and manure on the map. And so um, I, I do want to recognize and call those out because I think they're good uh, good things to, to remember. And you've been very generous with your time. Um, so I'll give you the last uh, few words and, and let you uh, maybe tell us uh, if we want to learn more or, or a little bit about your team or just kind of the last few words that, that you'd like to share with us. And again, I, I want to share that, that you have been very generous with your time. So thank you uh, so much for, for that, Karen. Absolutely. My pleasure. You know, I like to talk about manure. And um, I think that, you know, when I say think of me when you think of manure, <laughs> people often say, oh yeah, you're that manure lady. So I'm happy to, to be the manure lady. If anyone has uh, any ideas for us, if anyone has any connections for us that they'd like to reach out and ask us, someone just contacted me the other day with a different type of water, but it still has um, a manure side industry to it. Uh, we also are taking biosolid out of liquids. So that's even egg wash water, um, also mushroom liquids, a lot of different liquids that we are just removing that biosolid out and creating a cleaner environment for the farm or, or the grower. So we're happy to, you know, get any connections that anyone, you know, if you want to just fire into our website, we have a chat bot there that goes straight to our agronomist, Carly, and she's an expert in dealing with any inbound discussion topics. And she can help you right away or refer you to one of our partners that might offer you something else. Um, definitely just about our team, Janae, one thing I, I don't like talking about myself, but I love talking about how creative and intelligent and clever our team is. I think that all of us can say that we think there couldn't be any more impactful work than what we're doing around water and nutrient recovery. And if anyone's looking to join a really exciting team that's doing something very cool and uh, very high tech as well, please contact us. Well, thank you for that. And uh, what you are doing is very cool. 
So thank you uh, for again for your time, Karen, and I appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. Alberta uh, technology, choosing Alberta and uh, entrepreneurship in Alberta. We need we need more people like uh, Karen and the team at uh, Livestock Water Recycling. Thank you. And you know, like I say, if you see something that isn't out there, you can just create it yourself. Please do. Thanks, Karen. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode brought to you by UFA Cooperative, providing trusted advice, products, services, and solutions to help members and customers get it done. Visit ufa.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.